Hey everyone, my name is Velt Sebastian, and you're listening to Amber X. I know it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, but I'm back on with a really, really special guest today. She's a Georgia Tech alum, industrial engineer, entrepreneur. She is a go-getter. She is the founder and CEO of the DOS Media Group. She's awesome, I can tell you. I'd love to introduce Miss Jeannie Doss. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Velson. You're amazing. You're such a go-getter. I'm honored to record this with you, and I think you're amazing. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, first and foremost, like, what inspired you to build the DOS Media Group? There's so many media groups out there. Like, what inspired you to build your own? Yeah, you know, uh, it was not an easy decision. Uh, I think you know that I did it at 24. I started at 24. You know, That's Forbes. crazy, yeah. <laughs> My jump from corporate to entrepreneurship at 24. And, you know, I think it was really difficult, you know, to make that decision. But, you know, a couple of things. I think first and foremost, you know, I am a, a consumer, you know. And so when I yeah. was media, you know, much like you, right? Person of color, young, ambitious, right? Go-getter, right? Of course. I didn't find a single platform, Belson, nor individual that spoke to me, right? On many different levels. Either the women were all body, 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 right? And it's like, I love, you know, um, beautiful women and I think that you know that's an awesome thing to be and to have and to do but there's a point after which I'm exhausted by that you know um, because I believe that there's so much more to a woman than just the physicality exactly yeah body than just the you know sexuality and I feel like that's all I saw you know after doing a little bit of research and you know if she was a speaker or coach she only spoke to women, you know? So if you Google any, you know, just speakers or female speakers, the vast majority of their audience, and I'm talking like 90%, like 80% is female, right? So I sort of saw an opportunity there that basically what those, again, because I'm an industrial engineer, right? So what the numbers and the market and the landscape told me was there is no female speaker, right? Who is recognized for her brains, first, who, first of all, is speaking to men, right? Number one, yeah, 100%. right, is also kind of this, a beautiful sort of amalgamation of a lot of things. The person of color thing. I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but in our market, I mean, the only person I really have, Belson is Oprah, you know, and she is a lot older than me and you, you know, so there seemed to be a market for someone, you know, closer in age, right, to the teenage market, to 20-somethings uh, who also embodied all these different aspects, right? Okay, engineer, speaker, leader, you know, also can connect with men because that's a skill, you know, women, and I see this in the real world, a lot of females struggle to relate to men, you know, even at work. I can um, imagine, yeah. Which is why you see there's like this divide, right? Women doing lunch together and then guys doing lunch together. And so, but from day one, just because of my background, Georgia Tech engineer, you know, industrial engineer, speaker, I've been surrounded by guys. You know, I, I when I graduated from Georgia Tech, it was uh, pretty much 70% male. So, I mean, I didn't have a choice but to not even fight with them, right? But also win, uh, you know, with them and against them. I mean, I was commencement speaker, right? Class of 2014. 
um, you know, in front of 10,000 people, one of the only female convention speakers at the time. So I'm very used it's to- really impressive. Thank you, thank you. Of course, yeah. Used to sort of, not even competing, but connecting, nurturing, and competing with guys and, and winning, you know? So that's when I felt like I'm just frustrated, Belson, because like I said, first and foremost, I'm a consumer. So if I don't do something about this, I am going to have to continue consuming this very unintelligent form of media content that I'm usually I understand that 100%. And I think that you and I are pretty similar in that aspect. You know, we want to motivate people who honestly look like us, come from same backgrounds like we do. A lot of times it can feel that, sometimes people can feel that they're alone coming from a, a certain background. And, you know, by being able to be a face that as a go-getter, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as someone running a media company, whatever it is, even if it's as a musician, an athlete, whatnot, just being able to show other people, hey, it doesn't matter what your background is. And that's really the whole point of this podcast that I'm making, right? I want to get people like you on here so that together we can show, hopefully, one day the whole world that it doesn't matter where you're from, that you can always, always, always do your best, try your hardest, and, you know, as you continue to work and grow, opportunities will come. But it's first a matter of believing in yourself, believing in where it is that you come from, and understanding that your roots make you special. And from there, you'll be able to go on and grow and do really awesome things. Totally, totally. No, and I think that you said that perfectly, Wilson. And I just, you know, want to add that for whatever reason, Elson, people like us have just not been able to break into the media the same way. I mean, every day I'm more, you know, like, you know, Caucasian females come up, you know, more and more. And I'm just like, where, like, what is going on? Who is keeping us out of this game? You know, and I think that that is a valid question. And it's something that I really think about because I think it's very dangerous. I think it's very pernicious, right? That, for example, yeah. we do math and Oprah at 40. You know, we don't have a 40-year-old uh, equivalent or someone in that same genre. Uh, we don't. We don't have a 30-year-old. We don't have a 20, you know, we don't have a 50-year-old. Like, where, what happened? You know, um, so I think that is something that is very troubling to me. Because, yes, I, you know, absolutely believe that we should, you know, be representations to other people and all. But my other question is, you know, you and I are very young, so... What did other people do? I mean, did they just like forget about this before us? I mean, what, what happened? You know, or were they kept out? And in which case, that is a very scary thing. It is. It is. And I think it's really hard to pin that answer, that, that question to like one answer. Because I feel that it can be a huge variety of different topics. It can be, it can be something that started right from the beginning. Like, were there different amounts of accessibility to resources that would have therefore been able to lead people to be right. able to go on and do what it is that they want to do and grow in media? And, or is it the fact that it's simply, you know, people are choosing certain types and subconsciously choosing certain types of people to represent what it is that they want to see on media? Like, that's something that I personally can't say right now. I don't know. But what I do know, though, is that there is people like you, especially like you, who are working on, you know, making that into a change. And as a media group, I mean, what shifts are you seeing in society? Like when it comes down to this, because I understand that, you know, things have been happening a certain way for a certain time, how people are represented. But right now, what are you seeing in society when it comes down to how different people are being represented? 
Yeah, that's a really great question, Nelson. I think a couple of trends that I'm seeing with representation in the media, I would say first start with, you know, definitely this explosion of educated people of color, you know, with degrees, right, with backgrounds, with real knowledge, you know, to share, you know, who are coming up. And, and I think, uh, you know, they're tired of uh, the BS. You know, they're tired of being represented the wrong way. They're tired of feeling like there are no opportunities. They're tired of the privileged circle, right? And you see me tweet about that a lot because, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is the definition of the old boys club. And actually, I will also add the old girls club, you know, where we're seeing a lot of these very privileged women who are doing their own thing, you know, and here we are sort of, again, on the outside looking in, um, wondering where we go from here, you know what I mean? So, but I am seeing this trend of, again, people of color sort of breaking out and saying, hey, we're here, we belong. And I'm, and I'm really seeing us starting our own platforms, which I think is the way to go. I mean, you've seen me advocate very heavily about entrepreneurship. I'm a speaker of course. Say, right, and that's my niche. I mean, that's my specialty. That's what I, you know, talk about. That's my spiel is is digital entrepreneurship. So I, more than anyone, believe in the power of creating your own platform. So I'm really proud to see that, you know, uh, from a smaller scale. And you're seeing, you know, the power of social media. You know, people are starting their platforms online, and you know, within just you know months and and weeks and years you know they're amassing this huge following right of millions of followers and they're turning that into you know live events they're turning that into you know like congregations right for people exactly who, yeah right because not everything is you know skin color based because i'm also sort of you know against that and you know i think we need to come together on higher levels as yeah. well seeing people come together you know in person we're seeing people you know, really find solidarity and community online, which is why I'm such a proponent of social media. And I get very upset, you know, when there's so much hate, negativity, and just poison around social media, because, you know, my favorite saying, Nelson, is it is a choice. No one is forcing you to tweet, right? No one exactly. is exactly on Instagram, right? No one, like, this is not a, 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 a it's, no one's forcing you. You know, so I just don't understand, you know, so much hate and negativity because it is a choice. And if you are not able to resist the choice, that's on you. You exactly. know what I mean? I am seeing just a tremendous amount of these small business owners rise on social media, which I think is fantastic and amazing. And that's my spiel. And, and frankly, that, that's what I am, you know, so I'm just very proud to be a part of this trend. And then, you know, at a higher level, I think we're seeing... I think we're seeing some real businesses uh, start on social media, which um, I couldn't be more proud of because, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of women, right, start social media businesses. You're seeing a lot of just men from minority communities. So again, this, you know, underrepresented people are finding voices and, and really some serious cash online, you know, and then offline. And, and for me, I, I could not be prouder. I could not be, you know, happier to be a part of this trend. It is a really, really awesome trend. But you did mention something which I do kind of want to ask about because you were mentioning how, you know, you're a small business owner, you're a minority, you're a woman, you're working on growing your small business online. But I think, you know, one thing that I really, really value, just this is me personally, I love hearing what went wrong and how did you make it right? 
you know, what were the struggles that you went through growing this? Because it's, you know, the way that you explained it to me, there's so much stacked. Sometimes it can feel like there's so much stacked, stacked, stacked up against you. Yeah. you know, so, you know, what did you do to get over those type of things? Totally. You know, and I'll be honest with you, Wilson, the first thing was mental, you know, oh, yeah. and because when you hear my spiel, right, as a go-getter, you know, first generation, immigrant, not even first generation, I'm an immigrant in America. So like my kid would be first generation, but I'm an immigrant, you know. Um, so like, I think the first thing was even believing that I have a place at this table. Because again, looking at the media, especially American originated media, right? Because I knew that, you know, when I start this, people are going to see me as American. Right? I'm, I'm not walking as, uh, you know, from India, born, you know, like born and raised in India, you know, I'm not walking as born and raised in Asia, right? So I am, I am a, acting as a figurehead, right, that I'm American, but there's very few minorities like me who are even doing this in the media. So I think the first block that I had to get over was because all of this is very much like me at the forefront, right? Like when you hear... Yeah see the Das Media Group, you know it's mine, right? The go-getter, you know that it's Shinjinings, right? So exactly. I think the first, you know, block was me believing that I could become whatever you want to call it, an influencer, you know, a celebrity, a uh, figurehead, a, you know, a, a whatever, face, right? Because face-wise, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not black, I'm not Latina, I'm not, where do I belong? I mean, in America, you know, there's just very few Indians who've made it. Uh, in, in Hollywood uh, in the way that I want to make it, right? Um, there's not a whole lot of examples. There's not, I mean, really that many role models and for what I'm doing, right? Because I'm not, you know, actress first. I'm not dancer first, right? So where is my niche? So I think the first block also was mental, you know, was me realizing that, okay, in the sea of all these, you know, sort of basic women, right? You know, it's like, hey, you know, social media, like I have a place. Um, and you follow me. I mean, you know that I'm relatable. You know that I'm normal. But you also know that I have a level of gravitas around my content and around who I am, which is of very course. yeah. For uh, not obviously even a female, but just rare period. And then when you add in my just you know gender, age, it, it's really rare. You know everything from my tone of voice to what I say to what I this. So there's this level of just seriousness of gravity. You know. To what I'm saying and how serious I take it. And so I think the first mental block was, or challenge, you know, was do I even have a place here? Does anyone even care about anything other than, you know, makeup and beauty and fashion? You know, I mean, I really. Exactly, yeah. Women, I and mean, you know this on Instagram, the majority of female influencers are beauty, fashion, and makeup. That's, that's it. You know, um, the motivational accounts have a fraction of the followers of traditional celebrity accounts. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you just have to go and see the numbers yourself. I mean, these are, these are publicly available, right? So the first block I had to overcome was, do I even have a place in this market? Because I mean, I knew from day one, Belson, and I'm not trying to be, you know, an influencer. I'm trying to be a global celebrity. So if a global celebrity were to build her brand on business and motivation versus, you that know. That would set the tone, yeah. Right? That would set the tone. Versus, uh, you know, movies and uh, beauty and makeup. Exactly. Then, you know, is, does she even have a place in this market, you know? Uh, and at my age, I mean, you have to factor in all of it. I mean, I'm, you know. There's I'm a lot, yeah. A hundred percent.
a hundred percent. I mean, I love that. I love that fact because personally, all that you said right there, the concept of mental blocks, the concept of seeing where it is that you fit when it comes down to putting it out there. It's really, really hard to enter the social media niche. I would say, um, you know, through business, you know, not, not what is common, but trying to go in through business. It's like, well, you don't look like usually someone who would be going through business. People might think, or, you know, uh, you know, it's just kind of awkward because you're breaking that, you're breaking that norm. You're breaking that stereotype. You know, you're doing totally, something. Totally. And, and I'll say this. I mean, when I first started, you know, and I had my initial pictures and everything, there was a lot of conversation. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so this. But Velson, I'll be honest, I did not want to build a brand as a model. Exactly. As a, as a, I don't know, beautiful. Like that's just not, that's just not my scene. You know, it's just not, um, I, I enjoy it. You know, I love fashion. I love this, but that's not my number one, you know? So I, if it would feel, you know, disingenuous to me if I did that, you know, whereas, I mean, if you noticed, I mean, those were the posts that were getting the highest clicks, right? Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so this. Yeah. Cause again, what are men and women used to Belson? Beautiful women on social exactly. media. Right. We're not used to listening to them. We're used to seeing them. Seeing, looking and seeing and moving right on to the next. Right. Not really hearing. Not really hearing. Not really hearing. And that's something that I think that we can change. But, you know, you're really, really active on social media. You mentioned that you're always on social media, especially Twitter. I can you're always on Twitter. Maybe I don't know how many times a day, but I know you're really active on Twitter. So I'm trying to get that active on social media in general. But I know that you're using the hashtag go getter a lot. And I made sure to include that when I was saying the intro, because I really wanted to highlight that. I the go getter movement is really, really, really important and pivotal and something that I think people can be taking on as a brand itself to be a go getter. So, you know, because you're the one who I feel really uses it the most. Can you explain that? Like what it is that you're trying to do with the go getter hashtag or, you know, is it a brand already or what is it? Yes, it is a brand. Um, it is my brand. <laughs> um, basically, the DOS Media Group, you know, is my company, uh, and the Go Getter brand is a brand of the company. So you know how um, major companies have uh, hold holder brands, you know, and then there are brands under the holder brand. You know what I mean? Exactly. So for example, Alphabet, right? Alphabet has Google, right? Yes. Um, so DOS Media Group is my Alphabet, right? And uh, and Go Getter is my Google. So that is the exciting part. Um, I am still seeing if it makes sense. I mean, I, I'm not really going to treat it as a company. It's, it's functioning as a brand. Um, Revenue-wise, everything in the future from the merchandise podcast, from all these different media platforms that we're working on, you know, merchandise, all these other you know, partnerships that we do, uh, will all factor in into the DOS Media Group revenue. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to keep everything simple about that. I mean, I'm not trying to move around with 10 different companies. I just don't think that that's even efficient, right? Because uh, so, I know people do that. People are like, you know, I'd buy this LLC, that LLC, that. And I'm like, this is very confusing. I don't know why you need five when you can just have one, you know? And I'm also trying to focus the audience's attention, right? Because if I now were to say, go get her LLC, this LLC, she really does LLC, the does really LLC, that's just very confusing. Of course, yeah. So, so yes, it is a brand. It is my brand. Uh, I am the go-getter girl. And really, you know, I am on a mission to empower go-getters, right? So we're sort of moving away from the 
girl and guy because now I'm like, you know what? You're a go-getter. You know, um, I really don't look at gender. I mean, I, I don't look at your sexuality. I don't look at your age. I don't look at your uh, ethnicity, right? You are a go-getter because you are going and getting your goals because you want to go and get your goals, but somewhere you feel stuck somewhere you feel that you know you are lacking motivation right maybe it's that you are yeah. not motivate yourself right or maybe it's honestly you don't even know what to do like you are motivated but you just have no idea what action you want to take right so in either of those situations Wilson, you are my target audience right because you are a go-getter and you come to me because i give you solutions to solve your daily business and life struggles and problems like a go-getter. So 10%, yeah. You know, that you've seen, for example, like the toxic thing that I did the other day. It was like, oh, you know, how do you deal with toxic people? Do you move on? Do you engage? My next point, which, you know, I'm, I'm getting to because that tweet already has like, you know, 20, 25,000 views in, in barely 24 hours, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, getting to a go-getter would handle toxic people like this. So I think what you're going to get with me and my media platform and, you know, video subscription platform and, you know, future merchandise line and all these other things that we're working on is you're going to get actual actionable solutions to your daily problems. And then, oh, by the way, that's called living like a go-getter. You know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. going to powerful because right now the state of the media content that we're seeing i don't know if you read a lot of just self-help stuff but there's just not a whole lot of solutions it's a whole lot of commiserating so it'll be like yeah breakups up you know absolutely and then it'll be like he never wanted you he never will want you and i'm just reading that going i don't understand how this is helping anything you know and then the answer is the answer is that it's not right the answer is that same stuff like eat ice cream for three hours um after you break up doesn't help anyone doesn't right? help anyone yeah 100%. right why can't i create this media platform where i have actionable literally number one number two number three is solutions oh and by the way if you do this you're solving your problem like a go-getter right which is where you're getting like that positivity the mindset the energy all the things that people now know me for right, is, oh my gosh, you're so, you know, empowering, you're so inspiring, you're so this. So I'm really trying to bottle all that up into our media content. Uh, and, and that would be living like a go-getter, um, which is sort of the, the brand, the article uh, that came out recently in Profile Magazine, uh, our, the title was like a go-getter, you know, and that's something that yeah. people are catching on to because they're like, you know, I want to do it like a go-getter. You know, I don't want to just do it. I don't want to just live. I want to live like a go-getter. You, you want to go after it 100%. I personally, I have this belief in myself that if you were not quote unquote given something that it's for you to go and get, yeah. don't just accept that it's not given to you. And I really, that's like one of the things that I really live by every single day. Perfect. I love that. And yeah. So, I mean, the fact that there's a whole go-getter movement, I mean, I'm pumped because that's like, that's part, that's part of my day to day. A hundred percent. When I will say this, Wilson, when I was thinking about how to commercialize this brand, because I mean, as you know, yeah. when I started, there was a lot of energy, there was a lot of buzz, but you know, in order to really move forward with the brand, I mean, you have to have a name, you have to have an origin, you have to have a story. I mean, it's not that easy to just run with, you know, a brand. 
uh, I really thought about it and that's exactly why I chose this Wilson was because there were already people and I'm talking millions of people on social media I mean if you search for example on Instagram the hashtag go getter it's between one to two million posts easy easy right um, so there are already people Wilson who self-identify as go-getters right so for me if you think about from an audience acquisition standpoint it is easy for me to get them right into my go-getter fam because they're already go-getters right? i'm not having to convince by the way do you know this and they follow me because absolutely they want solutions to their problems like you know what i mean so what i'm saying is i sort of back engineered the whole thing versus me creating a brand and inviting people to it i almost surveyed the market and then picked up on a niche on a bubbling sentiment and then i created my brand around that you know what i mean i completely get you i do and you know like i was saying that's really really interesting it's really really crazy the fact that you know this is something that's in people and it really takes someone like you really takes someone like you know other go-getters to kind of bring that bring that type of spirit out of people you know internalizing the whole fact that you need to go out and get what it is that you want and you know it's not it's not always going to be given to you a hundred percent totally totally and I, and I think what's also empowering about it because by the way this has become my you know battle cry and mantra and every time i'm feeling down like but i'm a go-getter you know so like You're i go getter yeah you know i live like and i think what's beautiful is that you know every time i say that i realize that i can go create it and i, and I think exactly. there's Exactly. You know, because I think the minute you see stuff like, well, you know, I wasn't born into it. You know, my dad doesn't know people at CNN. You're sort of reinforcing this idea of, again, privilege. And by the way, when I say privilege, it's usually white privilege, right? It's usually classist, right? So I don't, we're moving away from that. And I think saying something like, you know, and, and you see me say this all the time on Twitter, go get it, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Go get it. Go get it's it to the 100%. You go and, get goals. So I think there's something very powerful about putting the control in your hand versus yeah. mine. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it real quick, though, the whole concept of that. Um, and this leads me to ask another question. Were you always entrepreneurial or, you know, was it from the beginning or did you kind of get a, re- a revelation or something <laughs> in the middle of your college experience? Or like, where did it come in that you knew, hey, I want to start a business? Yeah, you know what's funny, Wilson, from day one, I think coming from an immigrant family, by the way, I mean, we, you know, God bless, you know, we've been very blessed and we are very blessed and, you know, we would consider ourselves upper middle class. So, you know, really, I I haven't seen, you know, that much struggle in my family growing up, but I also come from a single income family. So, you know, there was only one person earning, right? And so what that does is it just adds a lot of pressure, even if that person is making a lot, right? There's all this uh, tension that if this person loses their job, that's it. That's it. That's it. So growing up, I heard a lot of that of just like, you know, we just everything, you know, be careful, be this. And like from, that's what I'm saying from a young age. I mean, I I was an only child for almost 13 years. So I I sort of, you know, grew up with my parents, you know, Um, and I I sort of told myself, I said, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have unlimited money. Um, not because I spend unlimited money, just to clarify, but because then I don't have to worry about money at all. Like period. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. Like worry, the worry that comes from not having money, I can tell you right now I'm a hundred and like 50, 200% in that, you know, scheme yeah. of 
not having money and understanding how you it's not the reason why I want money right now is not so that I can go and like blow a hundred dollars on a dinner somewhere fancy but it's that if my tire like decides to just like I don't know get a flat that I'm not like stranded in the middle of nowhere figuring out my options you know it's tiny things like that getting rid of that anxiety figuring it out like what is life going to be about well it has to be out it has to be about a little bit about money too it's really important 100%. 100%. And I think what happens is that, by the way, I mean, neither you nor I uh, is saying that, hey, if you have money, you have no problems. I mean, as we both know, that's not true. But I will say that if you have money, money is not going to be a problem. I will say that. Because exactly. That. 100%. I know that to be true. You know what I mean? So I think for of me, course. that was the number one um, goal. I think what I also realized, because again, you and I are both smart. You know, you and I are both very smart. So what I, I did. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, I did some research, you know, uh, on, you know, like the richest people or whatever. And then I saw a trend again, you know, industrial engineering. I'm all about trends. I'm about data. I'm about spotting demand. I'm about reading demand. And, and the trend that I saw, Belson, was the richest people in the world are entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. You know? And that was something that I discovered, I would say probably uh, maybe even in college. I don't think this was before college. I think this was maybe after college, in my, in my 20s, right? In my 20s, 21, 22, early 20s, very early 20s, 20 to 22, right? Exactly. And, and that stuck with me. That stuck with me, you know, because, uh, I, I, because again, if I want money and that's what I want and the richest people in the world are building businesses. You know, what does that mean? That means I have to build a business in order to attain that level of wealth. But at that time, you know, barely, you know, having graduated from Georgia Tech, I mean, that wasn't even on the cards, right? But what happened was, um, again, I'm a public speaker and I, you know, competitive public speaker, and I was really trying to get some, some serious opportunities to speak on campus, also, not just like little groups, not just like, uh, oh, it's a seminar, you know, it's a two people here, like real stages, you know, and frankly, I was having some struggles doing that because again, Georgia Tech is a science and engineering school. Nobody does public speaking now. Nobody yeah. did for me. Nobody will probably ever do that after me. Uh, I don't know, uh, but they didn't really get it, you know? And so I literally had to spend years sort of convincing them of like, okay, this is what I mean. This is what I, so, Long story short, the, the last year of my college experience, so age 22, I just got so frustrated with them not being able to see what I wanted to do, which is essentially speak at a public stage, right? Not three people, two people, one person, right? I, I can do that myself. I can record myself in front of a mirror, right? Like I, that's, I mean, I don't need two people there, right? So Exactly. That makes sense. <laughs> You know, um, when they didn't get it, you know, I was just so frustrated that I, that I started making the first move. Uh, and that's how my brand was born. So in 2014, at age 22, I started, you know, applying to all these different speaking events. And then that led me to being the commencement speaker in front of 10,000 people at Georgia Tech at age 22 uh, in a stadium in an arena right and uh, and i thought you know what uh this is it and and frankly about and i still remember that day because i i told myself i said i'm not going back now this is it you know um, it. i start making my moves i start growing my career i start doing everything and the thing is georgia tech also taught me that i am capable of doing that because if you think about it coming from that kind of a background you know very white um very conservative you know very male uh, mm -hmm. at the time 
right? Um, for me to rise to what I had achieved, I mean, it, it was nothing short of a feat, uh, much less, and I also was on a full ride president scholarship, um, which was also a feat, right? So I, yeah, like very, I was very comfortable being like, you know what, like I have grown my career from nothing, stepping foot on that campus to being a commencement speaker in front of 10,000 people. I can do this and then some, oh, by the way, and I can make some money because sales is my strength. Like that's something from day one, like I've naturally been very good at and gravitated to. So for me, I was like that, like this is golden, you know, and then I was discovered by the media. Um, and immediately I was like, done, like, thank you, God. Like, this is my ticket. Because as you know, getting into the media is very difficult as a person who's not from this space. Of course, yeah. of course. Unless you're a person who goes viral, which I did not, you know, uh, what, how do I do this? And how do I even enter this world? I mean, I remember the first interview on TV with someone from the Today Show, the first thing she said was, have you ever been on TV? I said, no. She said, okay, great. Thank you so much. And that's when I was like, what? Like, how do you break the system? So, because I hear this a lot from actors, right? So they're like, oh, I want to act. Have you ever acted before? No. Okay, great. And I'm just like, what on earth? I mean, you have to give someone an opportunity. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. how, you know, so anyway, the, long story short, you know, that Georgia Tech was really the, the, test ground and I think I passed, you know, and, uh, and now here we are and um, I'm, I'm just doing that at a, at a higher level. You're there. I mean, there's something I really want to highlight, though. I, I was doing while I was reading up on you and, you know, kind of getting to know you more in the in the kind of like background research type of thing. I realized how quickly you went from, you know, it's 2014 that you started, 22, and so 2019 now, and then it's just a short five years later, what are you, 26, 27? Um, but still, that's, that's so, so crazy. I mean, the fact that you went like that fast, you know, I mean, what was it? Was it like motivation? Was it the go-getter attitude? Was it just a combination of everything? I mean, because your speed is really, 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 really awesome. Yes, and my typing speed, right, Alsace? Yeah, of course. For, the, for those of you that don't know, like, we were typing, trying to figure this out beforehand, and, you know, I could hear her typing on the keyboard, and I was like, wow, you type really, really fast. We both type really, really fast, so I, I don't know. That's just crazy. Well, and I think, like, I, I honestly believe, Nelson, that your typing speed is a function of your intelligence, right? Because think about it, you're typing what you're thinking, right? And if you think really fast, you are very intelligent, and so you're typing really fast. That's what I think. So you never um, know. You never yeah. know. hundred yeah. percent. You've accomplished so much though in these past five years. So yeah. my question for you right now is, you know, what's next? What is your, what are your plans for the future? You've kind of mentioned them, but yeah. what is your like solid plan, if any, for these next couple of years or for the next 20, 30, 50 years? Like what's the plan? Yeah, no, thank you for asking. And, you know, I do want to say, the one thing that I think some people forget is, yes, I have a competitive public speaking background and I started at 14, literally my first speech was 14, started competing at 15. So yeah, I, mean, I, I have a lot of experience, you know, Georgia Tech, you know, even though I, you know, was sort of reluctant on doing those seminars, I did them, you know, and I was a speaker, but, you know, I, I did not handle stages until after graduating. Uh, which, you know, for those of you listening, speaking in front of one judge at a public speaking competition and winning is very different from speaking to 200 people, right? In a live audience situation where everybody has a different reaction and has a 
paced and has, you know, it's just, it's, you, you have to, it's a different skill. It is a different skill. That is all I can say. But again, the go-getter, but also like, I'm, I'm just, I'm very confident, you know, so the confident, you know, person in me, even at 22 said, you know what, I really haven't done this. Cause even if you think about a commencement speech, like it's just sort of one and done, right? There's not a whole lot of interaction. It's not like everybody's asking questions afterwards, you know, whereas the speeches that I started giving after commencement, I mean, it was Q and A, it was, hey, you know, I lost my job, what do I, I mean, real things, you know, and I'm, here I am, I'm 22 years old, you know, my first speech is that general assembly, you know, um, with 40 year old women, you know, and men who want to jump from a job to a career, which is on YouTube, you know, uh, and- I saw I'm, that one, yeah. I hadn't even started my job. So, I mean, what am I gonna say? So I think, uh, long story short, I think it was uh, it was uh, one of those things where I know I can figure it out, right? It wasn't that no, I know this. It was no that I can figure it out because I have enough practice and skill, you know, sort of at least speaking, not the other part, not with audience interaction and everything else. So um, I just want to clarify that you know I, I was a complete amateur at 22, and I went professional as a public speaker in 2016. So age 24, I've been professional now for three years. Um, which, as you know, is very different from like, hey, I speak, hey, you know, you know, it's like a very different level. So, um, so to quantify, you're saying how fast it's actually been even faster than that, you know, um, because I, I really started with nothing. Um, and, and my publicist told me that too. She said, you know, that I can't pitch any of this to like media, right? Because like, it's like an, an amateur level. And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm good. Like, literally, that's all I said. I was like, but I'm good. Uh, and so, because I mean, media, it's a different level. I mean, you can't just be like, yeah, I speak in like my backyard. Like it's, you know, you have to come out with the goods, you know? So I think for me, that's the biggest thing that I'm proud of is I've turned this complete amateur skill. Yes, I had a lot of awards, you know, I had a lot of trophies, but again, trophies are not money. Um, you know, trophies are not live audiences, right? No, so they're not jump from that to this i mean it, it's really i'm very very proud of it you know uh, and again i'm indian i mean there's just not a whole lot of indian public speakers who command audiences the way i do i mean last week um i just wrapped up an 8,000 stadium uh, go-getter you know speech and i mean that's a lot of people that frankly people years into their career haven't handled you know, so um, for me, I'm, I'm very proud of that. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, elucidate for everybody listening that it's actually been a lot faster than even what you said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I think, I think it's energy. I think it's, you know, I think it's hustle. I think it's strategy. I think it's uh, determination. I think it's passion. I think it's um, drive, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Just, you know, knowing that I'm trying to get to somewhere and I'm starting at the very bottom. So the only way to make it in the time that I want to make it is to hustle as hard as I have, you know? So I think it's just being very, you know, intelligent about your, your options and maybe that's not going so hot for you and, and how to fix that. A hundred percent. I get that. I have one more question for you. And I think this is probably one of the most important questions that I'm going to ask out of everything because, you know, I'm hoping to get these podcasts to the point of where everyone around the world is listening to them. Yeah. And 
you know, you being one of the first people on this podcast, these are going to be the episodes that I'm going to be spreading everywhere. I'm already spreading them, but I'm going to be spreading them more. Yeah. The question is, what would you like to tell anyone trying to grow themselves right now? They're trying to grow themselves in business regardless of anything. What is it that they came to you, they asked you, please tell me something. What is it that you would love to tell them? You got to be a go-getter, Wilson. <laughs> That's 100%. what you have to go get your opportunities. You have to go get your goals. You have to go. I mean, where is the action? You know, because a lot of the people and, you know, individuals that both of us come into contact with, you know, their list of goals is the earth, the moon, and the stars. The minute I ask, what are you doing? All of a sudden I hear complete radio silence. And for me, you know, coming from a data background, you know, I, I try to explain to them that statistically it is impossible for you to achieve anything without taking action. You know, exactly. so if you write a book, where is your first chapter? Right. If you want to become a professional public speaker, where is your first speech? Uh, and if the answer to all of that is nothing, then you have some work to do. You know, so I think it really comes down to being a go getter. It really comes down to making the first move. It comes down to creating a to do list and hey, starting on that to do list. I mean, what I've achieved is not magic. You know, um, I, I mean, I'm honestly, I did not have any help in any of this when I first started. I mean, completely left to the dogs, really left to the dogs, you know? Um, so if anything went wrong, I knew that it would be on me, right? So from day one, you know, that meant that I was studying more. I was reading up, but just before you, you know, called, I was looking at someone else, you know, she's touring right now. And I was like, okay, so, you know, what is her deal? Like what, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly studying. Nelson. And it's funny because a lot of people make fun of it. Now they're like, oh, you're studying actresses. I was like, I don't know if you think this is funny, but like her movies have grossed billions of dollars and millions exactly. of like, it's not like, I don't understand why you think what she does is a joke, you know? Um, because I think when people hear media and entertainment, automatically they think it's a joke. Like everything is a joke. You know, it's funny. It's like stupid, you know, being an influencer is stupid, but it's like when you quantify the impact of like, okay, Instagram per month, you know, the monthly user base is greater than populations of some countries. Exactly. Yeah. And then as a result, build a billion dollar business off of Instagram. All of a sudden now people start to uh, shut up, you know? Um, so I think that that is what I would say to everyone is that you've got to be a go-getter. You have to make the first move. You have to take the first step. You have to take action. And then ultimately you have to take repeated action, you know, because it's not a one and done thing. Being a go-getter, as you know, is a lifestyle, right? And we're, we're the go-getter fan. Of course. That's 100%. Well, I really, really appreciate you taking the time with me, Miss Shinjini Das. You are really awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time here. Guys, please make sure that you check, out, check her out on social media. At Speaker Shinjini, that's correct, right? Yes. And I do want to add, Belson, I'm going yeah. Your future vision plan for everybody listening. Basically, I am building the DOS Media Group and our team. We have a whole bunch of freelancers, you know, all over the world who work with us, you know, really building a media uh, platform, which, you know, is, is obviously my first area of focus um, because right now social media is great. But as you can see, we're almost outgrowing social media at this point, you know, because all together we're doing like 7 million plus views a month, you know, across all my channels. And now it's like, okay, like, where's the platform? You know, where's our own platform? You know what I mean? Exactly. hundred percent. Article, 
where you can comment on, you know, how being, you know, a person of color in your community, like, let's, let's have these conversations, you know, and let's bring these uh, experiences, you know, to life. And so I wrote my first memoir at 26, right, called Unapologetic Vision Ginny, which you can get at unapologeticvisionginny.com. Um, so there are plans of turning that into, you know, audiobook, paperback, um, hardcover, you know, the whole nine yards, and then building this media platform out where you can come to to solve your issues, right? Life problems, business problems, you know, and the whole idea is you solve it like a go-getter, right? And then we're also working on a video subscription platform yeah. because there's been a huge demand of, you know, people are like, okay, I'm starting a business, you know, I want to grow my business on social media. What do I do? Can you help me? And that's when I'll be like, go watch this playlist. Um, and then we're going to price it at, you know, um, sort of around that $20 a month mark for unlimited video access. So that's something that we're working on as well. And then um, just other uh, DTC, you know, things, merchandise coming out with the go-getter brand. Um, and then, you know, on our end, we are working on a whole bunch of media partnerships. So for example, you know, a sales training company has hired us to promote their coaching services, to promote their sales conference. And then they're also using our hashtag go-getters. And then that way we're bringing in go-getters into their movement to drive sales via social media. So we're working yeah. on a bunch of media partnerships you know starting a lot of conversations and then we have our current existing portfolio of media partnerships which again is more like b2b so um i think what what people are more interested in is the media platform yeah is there, is there a platform is there a we're, platform we're building that which is why everything okay. that, the website and everything um we've really had to take everything down and just refurbish because we've grown so fast that so, makes sense yeah like was just not relevant so we are we are in uh deep deep dive mode but everything should be live uh soon um with the websites and everything and then the media platform give us some time for that we are working on all of it so, i mean it, it's not overnight as you know <laughs> yeah of course but so right now right now if after listening to this podcast if people want to start checking you out what is the best way for them to get in contact with you or what is it is it through social media or yeah, please follow me on all of my social media channels at Speaker Shinjini for Go Getter Motivation. Yep, it'll uh, be in the description below. It'll be there. Yeah, Go Getter Motivation to Live Your Life Like a Go Getter. For me, my social media platforms now are actually functioning as my media platform because there's just so many people um, on there, you know? So I, I'm really now scaling my efforts as an influencer. Um, and really and really hitting the big leagues because yeah, Twitter we're almost at two hundred thousand. Instagram, I think we can be at a hundred thousand very soon, honestly, just because a lot of people, you know, who use Twitter have Instagram. So I'm really exploring the industrial scale influencer side of these platforms now. Cause I think before it was like, oh, you know, it's I'm I'm rising up and coming, but now I'm like I have more followers than some movie stars. Um, so, I mean, now it's like, let's go, you know what I mean? And you follow me for inspiration and motivation to live your life like a go-getter who goes and gets their goals. A hundred percent. Thank you so much again for having this meeting with me. Guys, make sure you check her out. Everything will be in the description below. Make sure that you listen to every single word that was spoken here because it's really, really important. The fact of being a go-getter, it's going to change your life, all right? Being able to go after it. Mission Genie, thanks so much for being here with me. Of course, Nelson. Thank you for having me. And you said it, man. I'm totally with you. We're go-getters. <laughs>